All right, so time for another episode of uh, This Meets That. I'm Russ. Jared. And we are going to talk about the fanatic on this lovely episode. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. Yeah, fanatic. When this came out last year, 2019, the fanatic is uh, a movie directed by Fred Durst, that Fred Durst of Limp Bizkit popularity. Very famous. Uh, John Travolta's. Would you call it a masterpiece? Maybe in some. It's a performance. It's definitely. <laughs> he was definitely in it. <laughs> yeah, he, he existed in it. I think the yeah the real actors in the movie were, were his shirts. To be to be honest with you, um, Devin Sala, which which I know, yeah, from crappy movies, but great. Yeah. Crappy this is like an actual crappy movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then there, it's not a big cast. And then there's a couple of folks, Anna Golja, I think, Jacob Grodnick and James Paxson. I don't know who they played, uh, but we can dig into it. Um, written by, for the screen, by Fred Durst himself and Dave Beckerman, who I don't know. Yep. I went to high school with a kid named Dave Beckerman, actually. Weird. <laughs> not him. All the same way? Um, <clears throat> yeah, so this is, this is a fun one. Um, <laughs> some of the production and box office off, uh, numbers are pretty great. Reportedly, it cost eight million to make, which um, seems like a, seems like an awful lot. Like, how do you raise eight million dollars to make who who who? You know, no possible way. And it crushed it at the box office, making a sizable three thousand one hundred fifty-three dollars and zero cents. Really impressive. I, my favorite, I think, one of my favorite things is I remember when it opened, uh, like in September, I think last year, uh, and we were talking about going to see it. For the podcast and then we're like no nah, maybe we should just wait on this one a little bit uh and then uh, immediately after it made three thousand dollars they're like oh it's gonna be on streaming services next weekend uh, <laughs> and since then i think it's only been getting more and more free uh, yeah, more, <laughs> like, like you're just gonna hand out copies of it to everyone yeah um and the fanatic do a quick synopsis of it so the quick log line on is it's, a, it's about a rabid film fan stalks his favorite action hero and destroys the star's life pretty terrible sums it up pretty well i think yeah apparently based on a real life experience by uh, fred durst oh really that yeah. sounds surprising that he would have a fan that big yeah yeah <laughs> that, that yeah that's that yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man is there any other quick notes you want to talk about the movie before we dive into this i don't think so i think we just get get right into it because i'm a, i'm a, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> there, there is. There's a lot to cover. So, uh, well, let's start with what's your, why don't you give your Hollywood pitch? Because I like yours. Yeah. So uh, I was thinking about it and uh, I feel like this is exactly Cape Fear meets the music video for Olympus. Take a look around for a number of reasons. Uh, so Cape Fear, think about it this way. Devin Sala is Nick Nolte and John Travolta is Robert De Niro, right? Yep. Okay. Perfectly analogous, makes a lot of sense. You know, yep. spurned uh, fan comes back to mess with you kind of thing. Yep. Uh, perfect for that. And Limp Biscuits take a look around. A lot of fun facts about this one. So Fred Burst directed it, just like The Fanatic. Uh, both are awful. And take a look around video, which in case you don't remember, is the Mission Impossible 2 theme song. Oh, is that? Oh, I was, try I was trying to remember where it was from. I was going to look it up, but okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. 
Um, and Fred, it's like Fred Durst on the record as openly hating this music video, even though he directed and you know presumably created the music for it, like did everything for this music video. Also hates it. So <laughs> hey, sometimes you know you just hate your darlings, I guess you know as they say. And so it seemed fitting that uh, <laughs> that we really dive into Limp Bizkit here. Also being forced to listen to Limp Bizkit in the movie. Yeah, so, so tell me about yours. <laughs> uh, mine's pretty straightforward because I thought yours was good, but I just went with pretty obvious, just misery meets a dumpster fire. That's yeah. my, yeah. Yeah, no, that sums it up. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's literally misery. Yeah. And, and a dump, like misery inside the dumpster fire, probably, you know? I mean, Devin Sawa was, I feel like, similarly tied up at one point. Very, very much exactly tied up the same way. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we can, uh, we can move on and <laughs> get to the, the good stuff here. Uh, but we'll, before we get into, like, tearing this thing, this, this piece of art apart, why don't you do some of your uh, fast facts? Because you pulled these up, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, generous calling this art, but... <laughs> You know, it's it's all art. You just gotta. Well, you're a nice guy. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, it doesn't even really need to be said, but obviously, John Travolta won a Golden Raspberry for Worst Actor for his performance in this movie. It's horrendous. Like, I think I brought it up very early in my notes here uh, of just being like, he, whoever cast him in this role, didn't think about it for one second. <laughs> no. Uh, and I hope it was Fred Durst. I hope Fred Durst was like, you know who we need to play this? John Travolta. Volta. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, well-deserved worst actor. Uh, also nominated for worst director and uh, worst picture, but... Uh, I don't know I don't know how or why, but yeah, I mean, I could, uh, yeah. Uh, the next one that I thought was exciting was a little bit of a role reversal situation for Devin Sawa. So if you uh, were a big Eminem fan in... Uh, whatever, 1999, 2000. Who wasn't, right? At the time. I know Fred Durst was, for sure. Uh, and Devin Sawa actually played the titular Stan in the Eminem music video, Stan, uh, who's an obsessed fan who goes on to commit horrific acts. Uh, I thought that was a nice little nice little spin on... on yeah, nice little, little flip of, uh, of character there. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, uh, that was a wig. John Travolta's hair, I don't think we're going to talk about it enough. This is uh, from an interview that I read with John Travolta. Um, and someone was asking him, you know, how did they decide on uh, the, the characteristic look? And they go on and they talk about, like, the shirts and stuff. Uh, but more importantly, they talk about his hair. And so uh, John Travolta is telling this story. And, he, and he's like, oh, yeah, Fred Durst said, what about a mullet? Uh, and I said, hmm, I don't know. He said, you know, there are different kinds of mullets because, of course, Fred Darius is an expert on the different types of mullets. Of course, it's from Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. And then follows it up with a, they're not all what you think. <laughs> so I told him, let me take a look. I went online, I went through 150 versions, which, mind-blowing that there are that many types of mullets. I guess Fred Durst is right. I'm, I'm not sure I judged mullets too quickly. Uh, and bam, found one with a guy with spectacles. I went, oh, oh my gosh, that's Moose. Then I said, Fred, how do you see him dressed? And that's when he talks on, uh, apparently this is loosely based on someone that Fred Durst actually knows. Yeah. Not as extreme of, a, of an example, but uh, always had a big Hawaiian shirt, shorts, uh, the backpack, the sneakers, all of it. 
um, based on reality. And then the haircut and glasses were, uh, you know, just whatever. Inspired by a picture, but who knows? I, this conversation for creating the character of Moose should not have taken more than three minutes. No, it's a very, like, very <laughs> like there's no way, I don't know anyone who could seriously go up to him and be like, so as a director, uh, what, what were you, what were your thoughts behind Moose, the character? And more so like his hair and how you would dress. It's like, that, that should have been like, yeah, I don't know. Hawaiian shirts and shorts and white socks hiked up pretty higher is pretty, you know, <laughs> stands out, you know? Yeah. Also, but you have to think, and you're right, like, why is this a conversation? Like, you would think that uh, as a screenwriter for this, Fred Durst would come in with a vision of, like, what his, what his, what his based on real life character was supposed to look like. Like, why are they, like, why are they adding in a mullet later? Uh, and unbelievably, I feel like that ties to the last fact, fast fact that I had of, uh, Allegedly, this is John Travolta's favorite character that he's played. <laughs> Which makes no sense. Like John Travolta used to be good. He was in good movies at some point. Yeah. Like, like even like Grease is solid, Pulp Fiction, Hairspray. Like those face are off. yeah, Face Off. Like those are all okay movies. Uh, yeah. Or better. Yeah. <laughs> and this, this is his favorite role to play. Maybe range. It was the range. He got to, you know, first of all, and we, let's touch on this a little bit. His character is obviously uh, mentally ill. Yeah, well, I mean, and he's supposed to be autistic. And if this is what John Travolta thinks autistic people are like, which, first of all, like, autistic people are not like one thing. Like, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a wide-ranging spectrum, and he can present any number of ways, which I guess is good for John Travolta to give creative license and say, I can literally do whatever I want and say he's autistic. So you're, so you're uh, this autistic guy who's going to be a stalker and, uh, and you're going to wear Hawaiian shirts and shorts all the time. That's it. Yep. Imagine, imagine Fred Durst walks up to you and hands you that script. I would find the nearest dumpster fire and put it inside there and be like, you're done. <laughs> Are they yeah. still making music, by the way, Flint Biscuit? No, definitely not. Okay. At least I hope not. I don't know. I think they had like a, they might've had a reunion tour recently or. This is going to, uh, I guess I could, I, I don't know why, I'm not, I shouldn't do this here because then it's going to be. No, it's okay. Well, because actually I wanted to talk a little bit about Limp Bizkit while you look for that. Um, I, I wanted to read this quote from Devin Sawa. I know I'm reading a lot of quotes, but uh, this was perfect. Uh, and I feel like it encapsul encapsulates uh, how I would describe the movie really well um, in, through a Limp Bizkit lens. Um, so Devin Sawa says, Limp Biscuit was a good band. They did well. They entertained a lot of people for a long time. So he knows how to do it. Fred knows how to entertain. He got an energy and brought that to set. And he and John Travolta got along amazingly, which I'm not surprised that two uh, crazy people get along well. Yeah. He just gave me another script for something that's even more bizarre that I would be the lead in. And we're figuring out how to get it made. Fred's a good one for sure. <laughs> It feels really like a forced kind of comment, you know. <laughs> like, I just want this. I just want this to be over so I can move on to like the next commercial gig I have. Like, yeah, like, De like Devin Sawa, you're not a prisoner in Fred Durst's house. You don't have to say this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you definitely don't. Wow, they had. Look at how many albums they had. One, two, three, four, five. They have one that's coming out. Stampede the Disco Elephants. What? Perfect. Well titled. The last one was 2011, so I feel like that's that's a good chunk that, of time. 
nine years ago at this point. Holy shit, yeah. The world has waited too long. They need it. All right, so those are two good fast facts. So I guess let's just let's just get into it, right? So this, because we didn't do this last time, we're going to be better at this, but this is like spoilers abound here. Uh, oh, yeah. If anyone who's actually listening gives a shit, but um, from this point on, nothing is safe. Yeah. Unlike when we did uh, the last days of American crime, I don't recommend people watch this. I say go spend an extra hour watching Last Days of American Crime. Yeah, it's tough. And when you sent me that text, you're like, yeah, I think, I think Last Days of American Crime is better than this. And I was like, yeah, but man, that movie was like five hours long. It was like, you know, it was like an epic that didn't, wasn't epic. And it was just painful. And it was brutally slow. But it kept on giving. Like, there were, there were so many fun things to talk about. And it was like so one-dimensional. And half of the movie was taken up by... Uh, logos, film company logos in the first five minutes. So many company logos. It was like an actual solid three or four minutes, I think, of logos on the screen. And then lastly, Redbox Entertainment, which I didn't know they needed some extra money producing this. And so they got Redbox. They're like, hey guys, if we give you the movies real quick to have exclusively in Redbox, but also only for a small amount of time, will you get, please give us a little money so we can finish the movie? And they're like, nah, fine. Fine. <laughs> well, since when is Redbox like an entertainment company other than a kiosk? I, I, I had not seen them invest in a movie like that or like have their production. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they have, but don't know. Maybe they're getting into the content game because everyone else is. Apparently. So, yeah, too many, too many logos. So, let's just start right from the beginning. So, the opening of this movie is a quote, and you, I think you have it written down. You are a fan. Without you, I'm nothing. And that's a quote from the from the, the fictional character that Devin Sawa plays. Yes. Hunter, mm-hmm. Hunter, uh, I forget his last name already. Hunter Dunbar. Dunbar, that's it. Yep. And a quote that he says later in the movie. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, not, it's not just a famous quote from this guy's fictional life autobiography or whatever. Like, this is a quote that he says, like, this is a line in the script. Because you haven't introduced anyone yet. You don't know anything. My first thought was like, well... What? Oh, Hunter Dunbar. I should know that guy. Like I was like immediately. I was like I was off put. I was like, oh, should I know this literary reference or like, <laughs> whatever they're trying to do here? It's usually what you do. Like you put quotes in the beginning of a movie is from someone that everyone knows. You like, oh, okay, this is kind of setting the meaning and theme of what this is, what this movie's about. But they're just in when I realized, oh no, this is a character in the movie. I was like, oh, that quote at the beginning, and I had forgotten what it was completely by that point. Yeah. Like, oh, that was from this guy. Yeah, I th- I had I looked it up. I was like, wait, that guy. That's just the guy in the movie. Yeah, you're a better man than I. Then it jumps into the narration, which drove me insane. Why? Yeah, why exactly? Why? Why is why? Is, and, and the narration is from Moose's friend there, the female photographer, uh, uh, basically paparazzi photographer, right? Yeah, Leah. Yeah, and you're who is presumed to be an important character from narrating scenes that she's not in and has nothing to do with and this like this how would she know any of the stuff that she's saying first of all yeah and then it's so sporadic it's like the, i think i called it out each time because there were like three times that she said words <laughs> we'll, we'll hit him as we go through because yeah it was just weird because like you start with the narration it's like okay if it's being narrated by someone 
and that, that someone's like a tertiary character who, I mean, I guess she does cause all the problems because she gives Moose all the, the ability to basically find this guy, but it's like, and she's not a very good friend. Right. And then like, so, and then she's in the, in her first narration, she's introducing LA and she's like, you're like, oh, good. Um, thank you for telling me where we are immediately. I didn't have to infer anything. Like, how lazy you think I am, which is great. And then she goes on to say, I call it the city of bullshitters. Yeah. And she's the only one who's ever said that about L.A. Like, oh, yeah, no one's ever said L.A. is a city full of liars and con artists. And It's like, just so on point. It's like, it's like too much on point. It's also like, you know, movies, it's all about showing don't tell. It's like, you don't need to tell me you're in Hollywood. And like, like you can just show a shot of Hollywood Boulevard and people are like, all right, that's Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, I guess I wonder where they are. <laughs> yeah. Hmm, I wonder where it's, what's going on here. Yeah, just yeah. a little too, too much spoon fed there. And that line, it just feels so cheesy. Because it's, like, it's not like the last days of American crime where it was kind of hard for us to figure out where it was. But we kind of inferred that it was somewhere in like the Northwest United States, probably. Because they kept saying Canada, so it's like, well. Yeah. And like, it was good enough. Like, it was like, oh, that's fine. That's all I wanted to know about the set here. If you show me Hollywood Boulevard, I know it's Hollywood Boulevard. All right, so that's just the opening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing about the opening. Yeah, go for it. What do you got? Chalk drawing. Can we talk about the chalk drawings? That's what my next thing I got. The chalk drawings, which again, another thing that pops up throughout the movie that just doesn't make any sense. Like I don't get it. Like I, we'll get to the other ones, but the first one is just of him in Hollywood and the, and the chalk drawing of Devin Sawa's character, right? Yeah. And it's like again. By the way, you do the chalk drawing. I think they literally wrote Hollywood in the background. It's like you don't narrator doesn't need to tell us it's Hollywood because you have the chalk anyways. It's like it's definitely the coolest bit of filmmaking that they do. Like the like the drawing and like the animation of these chalk drawings is really cool, but like serves no purpose. It's like why? <laughs> Just like get into the movie. Just do yeah. it. Save it for the end credits or something like Spider Man movie or something like you know where they do like cool drawings at the end or yeah. And also like in that <laughs> the open. I, 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 I'm still conflicted. I'm pretty sure this was a comedy. I think it was a comedy that just missed all the, all like, you know, actual comedy points because <laughs> opening when, when he's on his moped driving through Hollywood, uh, yeah. as we now know, fourth, third, fourth time, this has been, we know it's Hollywood. I, I was just, like, it felt like a comedy. Yeah, it's very lighthearted. And also like, what a false intro too, because like the stupid narration and telling me this is LA, like while that's happening, like other stuff is happening. And like, you assume the movie's starting. And then they do the chalk drawing, and then they do like a credit sequence. Yeah, that's what that's what you're talking about, where he's like riding around on his bike, and there's like, like what's the what do you why is this taking so long? You've literally spent five minutes basically telling us you're in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's all they know. And John Travolta's riding a moped and, and looking kind of goofy and funny on it. He's like, oh, okay. Like clouds. You're like, oh, L.A. has crime. Like, like the the cutscenes have like nothing to do with anything in the credits. Like, yeah, sometimes it's him riding through, but other times it's just like random like night scene. You're like, oh, like this is like a burglary in progress. Like, why? Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I think we should look up. We should have looked up, but uh, there's a, an opening shot there. You know when they he he does like the shots of Hollywood Boulevard, obviously mm -hmm. with like all the stars, so you know it's Hollywood still. And there's like a homeless guy sitting on the ground. He's got the hat over his head. I wonder if that was Fred Durst. He had like the, he had the flat brim kind of military cap on or camo. I shouldn't call it military because it wasn't military, but you know, camo cap. And it's like, I wonder if that's him just kind of posing in there. But anyways, 
then it starts with Leah, and then like Leah's coming in and is like being her friend, his friend, right? Like that's like uh, the next yeah. Is that is that that part, or is it really he goes in the comic book shop first? And he introduces uh, the comic book shop guy, right? Right. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Is all right. And, and is that when he goes to meet Leah? Then is after after that part? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because I had a few. I remember when she first shows up, uh, and again, you're like led to believe. You're like, oh, that's the that's the woman who's narrating. Like I remember, remember recognize her voice. Yeah. Uh, like led to believe that she's a really important character um and immediately she's like super sketchy because that's when that's when he leaves like the comic book shop or whatever and then then somehow like goes to try and break into this party oh yeah that was (laughs) there's no there's no uh there's no description of what's happening or why this is happening like it just up and leah's like oh like I told you to bring the cutters and he like brought scissors and she was like, no dummy, I meant bowl cutters. But it like, was like comedy right there. Yeah. <laughs> what? There was no setup for this. <laughs> and then, yeah, like, and then like the party happens and you're like, why is this? Ha-? Like I get you're setting it up as, as like an obsessed fan, but also we got that already from the last scene. We know this. Yeah. He just spent $300 on a leather vest that says Rico. Yeah. Uh, He's clearly a, a big fan of whatever. <laughs> a fanatic, if you will. A fanatic, some would say. And then he's, <laughs> I love, I had to call out that line. Because again, it's like a good comedy, also uh, terrifying creep line. When he's like talking to the, um, the other actress, when he's looking for Devin Sawa and can't find him. Amanda, yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, you're a great final girl. That's actually, that's good writing. Like. <laughs> <laughs> What a good creep line. <laughs> so let's take a step back here. If we're really going to kind of break this down. So he's got basically two friends, if you want to call them that. Mm-hmm. 2.5 is a character called Todd, who is weird bully friend type of thing, right? We'll, we'll get to him. But taking a step back, like the whole scene in the comic book shop, in the first, like within the first 10 minutes of the movie, after we've been told it's, it's we're in Hollywood for like the first fucking six and a half minutes, yep. in the comic book shop to establish, okay, so what? People who go to comic book shops and collect things are all psychos. Great. That's okay. That's a great, great one to, to pin down there, there, Fred. And then when when his buddy, whatever, sells him the eight hundred dollar jacket for three hundred bucks, the moment when he tells him, he's like, "Oh, I'm going to the party. And he's going to be there." Right? Moose yeah. says, "This says to his comic book buddy, he's like, hey, I'm going to this party tonight, and he's going to be there." And then when he says, "Like, oh, he's going to be in the comic book shop signing yeah. books." And he freaks his shit out. Like, wouldn't at that point, wouldn't the guy, like, if he's, like, concerned or a friend, be like, hey, man, maybe we should go get help. Like, red flag. Red flag and the red card in the field. You know what I mean? Like, red flag. And then I, so, like, I honestly, I forgot that there was even, I thought it was kind of a throwaway about the party in that scene. Because, like, I didn't remember the party at all. When he goes, I forgot, there was an in-between scene when he goes home and he's, like, practicing his speech in the mirror. So, like, he would say to Hunter Dunbar and whatever else. And I was forgot about that and i thought that whole scene i thought he was getting ready to for meeting him at the comic book shop like i was like oh when he was so excited about meeting him at the comic book store i was like oh i just assumed that he was going home to rehearse that for that yeah 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 completely forgot that there was a part like what (laughs) i mean was the party the the party was only there just to introduce us to the, the narrator the girl really really right yeah, I guess so. Yeah, because that introduces her as like okay, the one who's kind of enabling him to like find and do these you know these things that he really shouldn't be doing. But yep. <laughs> after he does like the bolt cutter thing, which I was like, I was cracking up then. I was like, all right, that's pretty funny. It's not supposed to be. And then when he like 
She's like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll just climb over the fence. Yeah. Okay. So he hops over the fence and he lands in the trash. And he's just like, this is not a good idea. I was like, <laughs> that's, that's, that's good. That's good writing right there. And then him constantly asking, am I okay? Am I okay when no one can see if he's okay or not? Yeah. I did like that. Yeah, that was funny. Comedy. Pure comedy. Um, yeah. So we've got this character. We know he's crazy. We know we're in Hollywood. And then we find out he's a street performer. He's a street performer slash con artist. Like he's also robbing people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Todd, Todd's character. Yeah, Todd's character. And Todd is just like the, the again very single dimensional, extremely broy character. Basically, right. We all know a Todd for sure. Right? Oh, everyone knows a Todd. Total. Well, he plays the, the, who, the whoever the actor was. He he plays a really good asshole. Like like. Yeah, that's fair. He's good at he's good at that awful role. Even his friend there, Slim. I think his name was Slim. Uh, even he was like also a good asshole. I was like, oh okay. Oh yeah, James Paxton, Slim, and then Jacob Grodnick was was Todd. Yeah, yeah, they 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 did good in their in their you know roles. And then, well, and then I love the takeaway. Speaking of John Travolta getting the best lines in this movie, when he's like, oh, like you don't respect the Boulevard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I love this. Like, I'm going to start saying, you don't respect the boulevard all the time. <laughs> like anyone, anyone that says anything to me stupid, I'm just like, you don't respect the boulevard. <laughs> a lot of good quotes, a lot of good quotes in, in the sense that they weren't good, but they were bad, like awesomely bad quotes. Um, so yeah, so we got Todd. He's just another, he's a street performer guy who just puts a nail through his nose and people pay money to see that. I'm sure that's probably a real thing on Hollywood Boulevard. I wouldn't be surprised, but it's also like, I don't know. <laughs> Seeing the amount of money that people put in the buckets after he did this, I was like, what? <laughs> it was like raining money. It was like, it was just to show that this guy was an asshole and he could make money and, and Moose as a London cop, which we'll get to that, uh, yeah. wasn't making anything. Like, like the, he could have just put a nail through his nose also. And it probably wouldn't have been that bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, That's why I assumed he was doing it first. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, all the blood. It was like, is it, what is, why is this a need? You know? I mean, I get his character is there to, like, trigger Moose later on in the movie, right? Like, that character, that's what he, he gives the one who makes him, like, snap, snap. True. So, so Todd is on Hollywood Boulevard. I don't remember this, right? He's on Hollywood Boulevard. He does the nail through the nose. People pay all the money, right? And literally, people are, like, two feet away. And it's when Moose comes up to him and he's like, hey, you're just stealing money from people, blah, blah, blah. And Todd yells at him. And he's like, they're not people. They're tourists. Like, oh, yeah. screams it on the street in front of, like, everyone that just walked there. Like, if I heard that, I'd be like, what? I just gave you a dollar, you asshole. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, like, they make Todd out to be this, like, great performer. But then they also, like, kind of, like, you can tell Fred Durst is, like, trying to make him, like, a Joker character of, like, he's just, like, an anarchist of, like, nothing matters. And uh, it doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. Nope. 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 So, yeah, then, I mean, where does that even put us? It's, like, 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Which in this movie is very short. It was like an like if you take out the credits at the beginning and the end, it's probably an twenty, less than that. I would think. Like, think of how much credits there were at the beginning and end. <laughs> so many. So yeah, like we, I again because I forgot that the party was going to happen. I thought that this whole rehearsal, this whole picking out his favorite shirt, all of this was meant for. Uh, the comic book store and so when he rolls up to the comic book store and it's like the only time he's not wearing a hawaiian shirt like he <laughs> right like he wears crazy hawaiian shirts the whole movie it's the only thing that defines the character other than being like 
a terrible caricature of whatever John Travolta thinks autistic people are like. Uh, but besides that, he's always wearing the same thing. Shirt, backpack, uh, socks, whatever. White and, sneakers, white socks, yeah. Two yeah. socks. In this scene, he's got to like cover, he's like wearing like a, it's either a blue shirt or like an over shirt that covers everything. You can't even see his awesome shirt. I was like, nah, that, you miss it. This is why the rest of the movie is going to go bad for you. You blew it. You <laughs> Be you, man. Wear your Hawaiian shirt when you're going to meet your, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then when, when, you know, everything goes wrong, of course, like that was the other thing too. Uh, it's definitely someone's like first time writing a script of like, the things were just so, uh, like, move the story along. Like, Obviously the, timed. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, like, of course, right when John Travolta's character gets there, he's going to be like, oh, I got distracted. I can't sign your stuff. I'm going to go talk to my family. Yeah. <laughs> of course, it had to be John. Like, it could have been uh, two people in line before John. If I were writing the movie, it yeah. would have been like, a couple people in line ahead of him, and it would have served it just as well and not been so smacking you in the face with it yeah yeah no i mean this movie was not subtle in terms of like their setups and payoffs and like how things were moving along it's like okay well obviously this is gonna happen obviously gonna trigger his head and those weird dream moments he has too (laughs) it happens a couple times we're watching scott pilgrim now and like all of a sudden it's like a fantasy land where anything's possible (laughs) yeah like what is going on that's right. So the bookstore, that's right. He's going to get up there. He has to run. His buddy is the one who like tells him like, oh, there's someone out here like looking to talk to you, whatever. And it's his wife and his kid out back. Yep. I, don't what they, I don't even know what they told him. Like, I'm sure she said it was like, oh, it's over. Don't come home or something. I don't know. Was it negative? Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't even think it was. He was just like, she, he was supposed to be taking his kid. And he was like, oh, I'm kind of busy right now. And she's oh, like, yeah, yeah. Who said that you would watch him? And he's like, oh, like fuck, Danny, my little son. Like I hate yeah. that anyway. He doesn't really. But yeah. and then his wife's just like, ah, fine. And then like she just drives away. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, then that's when he flips out. And then uh, that's right, because then Moose comes out trying to look for her autograph, whatever, and kind of you know. Yeah, and then he gets that good line of like, "How about I sign your face with my fucking fist?" And I was like. Yeah. That's the most shredded line I've ever heard. I was just going to say, that is like probably shredded one of his fucking songs. It's definitely a lyric he's probably written, right? It's break stuff. It's definitely break stuff. Oh, it definitely is. Definitely is. And then, like, I keep going back to Leah, because I think she's in the next scene after that. Unless, did you have more to talk about there with... No. Yeah, okay. So before that, when he gets set up with the app, and he's sitting there talking to Leah, like, who who is she? They never really say other than, like, she's an acquaintance that also seemingly does paparazzi photography. They're BFFs. Uh, but like, yeah, sure. We can infer that, I guess. But like, that's when, like, this is the one time they don't beat you over the head with something. Like, show me that they're friends. Like, I, yeah. it makes no sense currently. And then, like, and then when I wrote it down because it was so jarring to me when she's like, oh, "I love you," and he's like, "Yeah, I love you too." Oh yeah. Like, what? Like, why is she enabling him like this? Like, if she knows him well enough to say, I love you, then she also knows him well enough that he's, like, not a stable person that she shouldn't be giving addresses of celebrities to. Yeah. Like, which is, all of this is happening in the same scene. Like, no, none of it's consistent. None of it makes sense at all. And his stupid backpack is always open. Did you notice that? Yeah. Like, just zip the backpack, would you? Just zip it. He's like, he, he's, like, a very obsessive person, clearly. That's yeah. the plot of the movie, and yet the backpack's always open. It drives me fucking nuts. Yeah. 
Um, so we were just talking about uh, when he gets the star map app from Leah, and he now he has the address for Hunter Dunbar, which wildly irresponsible uh, because obviously within minutes he's already going to his house. Yes, and so he gets to Devin Sawa's house and then proceeds to like creep the shit out of him, like <laughs> like as he should, like like in the worst possible way to talk to a person. He's, like, trying to get an autograph. Devin Sawa is clearly afraid and, like, sends his son away. He's like, oh, yeah. go inside, play your Xbox. Completely reasonable. Yeah. Completely reasonable. And then, and then Devin Sawa goes and, like, threatens him. And this is a question for you. What was he doing with the marker, with the here's my autograph bit? Remember when he was like, yeah. <laughs> so, what like, like? Roger Volta gives him a marker, and he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, you want my autograph? Sure, sure. And he like, looks like he's going to sign the vest, and then he just, like, like gets up real close to him and, like, kind of like stabs him with the marker. Did he pierce his chest with, a, like, a Sharpie? Like, what the fuck's happening right now? Yeah, and, like, he seemed totally fine afterwards. Then, too. And, like, he's just like, ow, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you better not come to my fucking neighborhood. Like, <laughs> get out of here. Get out of here. Get out Worst overreaction from Devin Sawa. <laughs> I get stressed, but... <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, like, with the whole thing been fixed, he's just like, I'll, I'll sign something. Yeah, yeah. Is is the movie over if he just signs something? He's like, you know what, this is annoying, but... And I guess... Like, if I sign something for you, will you just go away? That's a... What a, what a non-celebrity uh, privilege thing for us to say. Like... Sure. If I just sign something for everyone, all of my problems would go away, you know? Right. I mean, there's definitely some very blunt commentary about being a celebrity, obviously, here, you know? And it's like, is, what is, it, is this like Fred Zerst, like, uh, uh, <laughs> fucking therapy to, like, you make a ton of money and off music and all this, and this is a problem? You, I mean, there's a bit of, like, you kind of sign up for it, and yes, there's a bit of, like, all right, people are a little too obsessed with the, with the, the celebrities, but... I don't know. Uh, so, so that was the first encounter. It was really weird. Oh yeah. So yeah, the first encounter was weird, and then and then I feel like the timing in this movie is tough too, because it seems like things that are hours are actually days, or the or the other way around. And I'm like, like yeah. Like, oh, later that night when he's working as a as a as a London Bobby uh, <laughs> on on the boulevard there, like what. Like, I don't know. I feel like he's had a pretty rough day so far. And then he goes in the bathroom and, like, they make a huge scene out of Todd, like, bullying him with a vape pen? Yeah. What's that? Like, at first yeah. I was like a switchblade or something. Like, I couldn't really see what was in his hand. And then he's like, and then he, like, takes a big drag on a vape pen. And I was like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> the least most, like, badass thing ever. Like, you just, yeah. they, you just, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is this just like just Fred Bear's hate people that vape or like I don't know? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so that yeah, that was Todd and Slim giving him shit. Yeah, and and then, yeah. And then the security guard comes out for the first time of many, uh, yes. uh, and just encouraging some kind of retaliation. He's like, oh Moose, <laughs> like Moose, you're such a sweet boy. Like you're also like, how does everyone know everyone? <laughs> 
on the boulevard. I guess maybe that's true, but yeah, I mean, I could, I guess they could imagine maybe those street performers know each other because they're all working together on the on the blocks there. I, I don't know. I don't know. But Moose doesn't seem like the type that he's gonna like go socialize like with the security guard either. Like he seems no. like keep your head down. Like yeah, but everyone probably knows him. They're like, hey, he's 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 a little yeah on a yeah. spectrum of some sort. Yeah, and then the the security guys just like oh uh, like. You should stand up for yourself. Like you gotta, you can't let them pick on you like that. And he's just like, no, like it's fine, everything's fine. He's like, all right. And then that scene just ends. Then it's like, oh, it's like the next. Like, that's it. <laughs> next day with another, when the narration comes back from Leah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was so random because it was sweet. We heard her from the very beginning, and then just randomly, I was like, why the, why the fuck now is this? What's yep. going on? Why is she now talking again? This is the lead up to the second visit. Um, when he goes back and uh, and her line, she's just like everything that she says as the narrator is the most cliched, like hack writing of all time. She just goes, "When you find the cookie jar, it's hard not to go back for more." <laughs> <laughs> Who hides the cookie jar? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! New right? Yeah, I, yeah. And then they're talking about. Uh, she's like, uh, I think this is when, because then it's after. So like that visit's very unproductive, right? Like he goes, he leaves the note behind, and the maid kind of yells at him. Yep. Hey, you get out of here! And he's like, Whoa! Yeah, yeah. And then leaves the note for him, and then he goes and meets up with Leah. And so, and then she's like, Oh, like. He's like, I, like, I'm not your BBF anymore. Do you know what BBF means? Because I don't. Was it BBF or BFF? No, he said BBF. Best buddy friend. Uh, yeah, and like, so like, I just Googled BBF because I had to know. Not sure if that's a good thing. Top four answers. Uh, butt buddy forever. Uh, best best friend. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's probably what. Best boyfriend or belly button flop. So. We go with belly button flop. Yeah, I assume it's probably that one. Yeah. But that it, makes the most sense. That's fitting, right? Anyway, it just seemed weird because, like, they don't explain it, and I don't think that's that common of a term. I don't think it is either. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the kids say to each other these days, so I may be wrong. But I guess we're not in touch with the kids, you're right? Yeah, you know, who knows. <laughs> language is always changing so the the only one i like so and they i think at that point that's when they start diving into more of like devin sawa's like you know celebrity background a bit i guess right and they kind of show like give you little hints of his dark side you know and like he's having a conversation with uh his maid who is uh clearly foreign another another stereotype character written here Yeah, and then you find out that he's he's actually he's been sleeping with her. And it's like, oh, this is probably why your wife isn't with you anymore. Like, wow, this is all very <laughs> stereotypes abroad here. Like, holy yep. shit. A lot uh, of stereotypes. And also, he just had back-to-back, like, if we're to believe that these are two days in a row, interactions with Moose that were terrible, right? At the comic book shop, and then in his own driveway. And oh, that's the, right. Yeah, and the maid is like, Oh, like, there was a crazy man here, and he's not concerned at all. Yeah, that's right. 
Like you, you just experienced a crazy man two days in a row. Yeah. How are you not concerned about this at all? He's just like, no, no, like, yeah, yeah, a crazy guy, sure. Blah blah. Let me give you a hug, and maybe we'll make it. Oh no, that's not. Like, <laughs> really? Yeah, like unbelievable. And then, and then I think that's when, uh, that's when he gets to he leaves, right? And then that's when Moose comes back for uh, the final visit. Right? Yeah, that, well, the final visit is the one where he actually gets in the house and all that sort of stuff, right? Right. The one where he kills the maid. It, it starts oh, off- well, that's right, because he comes, he comes once, drops off the letter. Does he go there twice, though, drop off some letter? Because he, he tries to give the letter to him in, in person, and like he's like, doesn't he do it twice? Maybe this is like the third visit? Yeah, like he's, no, no. Because uh, I thought he went back. I remember he went there once, and that was the first time she was like, oh, there's someone crazy there. And then he's like, oh, you didn't get my letter? And then he went back and like, that's when he was like, trying to make sure the letter was there or see if it was there. And that's when she comes out and she's like, what? And she starts hitting him with, <laughs> what the fuck it was? Like, yeah, like the toy? Duster, I think. Yeah, why didn't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was it was a feather duster. She's like, oh! Like, why not just run inside, lock the door, <laughs> call 911? And then, and then I think it's one of my favorite, uh, like, uh, like gone innocent person gone wrong tropes of being like oh there was something behind someone that then they could hit their head on and, and die oh god yeah it was like it was always like a conveniently placed rock or in this case the flower pot right he's a gardener but i think in that pot that she hits her head on the, the plant's dead and i yeah. think her called out like he's a terrible yeah. Well, and so now I'm wondering, actually, related to that, while we're talking about him, uh, maybe he's not. Because remember, in like the day before when he came back to visit, he didn't get to finish his gardening for the day. So like maybe, maybe that was like they're like, oh, we we ha- we can't say that he, uh, you know, maybe this is the obvious thing that he didn't finish. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Also, like, I mean, come on, like the connection of like a pot with a dead plant in it that kills somebody. Yeah. Like, Ugh. and yeah. then he, he walks away. Like, and then he's like, he's like, Oh, like, yeah, sometimes I get nosebleeds. I get nosebleeds sometimes too. Like you just gotta use some tissues. And then he just yeah. walks away completely distracted. You're like, yeah. you've painted, you've painted this character as someone who doesn't, uh, doesn't always understand like social situations or that kind of thing. But like knowing that he almost certainly killed this woman, like, he's got to know that. Like, he's not oblivious to violence. Like, he strangled Todd in the last scene there. Like, yep. he did, he, like he's not, he understands what hurting people is. Yeah. 100%. And then he just, he just walks away from this woman he killed. <laughs> so, it makes, so it makes me think, and I got these my next two line, two things here, three things. One, yeah. you think the movie is, like, actually trying to make some commentary, like, on mental health issues? No, I don't. I really don't. Or like, or is it like making fun of stalkers? Or is it like, you know what I mean? Is this like a really, like they're painting stalkers and like this, this view of like yeah. basically being mentally challenged people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. a, okay, you know, go fuck you. This is your mentally challenged type of thing. Like, that's what it feels like. Which I could see Fred Durst probably writing that way. But also like, I don't even think it was that intentional. I honestly just like, I don't think that they're, I, yeah. I no malice here like i just think john i think he was like oh yeah this is a guy who's really obsessive and john travolta was like oh i can do obsessive he was yeah. like 
dial it back a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, because like, I mean, his role is a little borderline offensive. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely super offensive. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. And yeah, I don't know. You had other things to say. <laughs> I don't even remember anymore. Um, but yeah, no, I I, do, I mostly wanted like yeah, it was just the new characters. Because like, at this point, we're we're in Devin Sawa's home and like learning about his backstory a bit of like how. He was obviously banging the help, if you will. <laughs> and all the help is clearly very stereotype characters. And then that was it. And then... And yeah. security cameras in his house. So, like... Yeah, right? Like... I have security cameras. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm a poor person. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't need it. This guy has, like, this crazy mansion in Hollywood. And you'd think that there would be some kind of camera anywhere because then... And this is why I have a problem at the end. The end is just so stupid. Yeah, well, and then, like, this whole this whole thing is the end. And, like, who knows? Like, there's no, uh, or almost the end, right? This isn't the final visit. You're right. This is not the final. This is when he, this is when he's in there and he, he does the taking of the pictures and, like, all the weird stuff. But he, it seems like he's in this house for at least a full day. Like, yes. he's sleeping around, doing all kinds of weird stuff. No one notices him all day long. I don't know how that's possible. It's not like he's a fucking super spy. Yeah, he like he's hiding under the kid's bed there. Your favorite scene. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a laugh out loud moment when he was like, Devin Sawa was sitting, putting his kid to bed, and you see the toy, and you see the bed, and then like a hand just comes out and grabs the toy and pulls it back underneath the bed. Yeah. I'm like, how did John Travolta get here and no one noticed? <laughs> like he's not stealthy. Like he's not. No. Uh, and then, yeah, and then he goes, and then he proceeds to take a bunch of pictures with him, post it on social media, which you're like, again, how is no one, uh, like, yeah. one aware of this? Oh, yeah, and then we were talking about Devin Sawa's backstory there. I forgot. The other thing I wanted to call out, uh, when they're trying to do, the, the one thing that they don't do a lot of, thankfully, uh, which is, like, the other big movie mistake that they seem to narrowly have avoided for the most part, is wild exposition. and. Uh, and but they do that a little bit with the camcorder when they go to set up that like he loves his son and John Travolta like goes into his living room when no one's home and he's watching the the whole movies of him and his son on the camcorder uh, with, with his wife too like it's him yep. and his wife and his son and whatever else but also this is the camcorder he's watching it in the camcorder the tape that he's looking at it's from like ten years ago. Like his kid was a baby or like not even born. Remember? Like, why is there, like, why is the most recent tape in the camcorder from when his wife was pregnant? His yeah. kid's 14. Yeah. And then they're like, and then they do the flashback to Moose's, Moose's childhood. Oh, that's right. And they had, yeah, yeah, that's right. They flip back and he's watching Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. But for what? Yeah. And other than to set up the one Night of the Living Dead line oh. later. There's literally no purpose for that scene to exist. Absolutely no reason for it at all. It made me so mad. <laughs> and that's when, okay, yeah, I forgot that there was, that, there was this middle visit there because that's when, uh, when he goes back, uh, he starts walking down the street away from the house and uh, Devin Sawa catches up to him and he's like, oh, and he's like, <laughs> he's got Limp Biscuit playing in the car for his son. He has, he's got a son in the front seat and he goes, Oh, uh, hey, like you like Limp Biscuit? Like, and then goes, I used to listen to this back in the day, and then he's like, blast it. 
As he's like, he's like speeding around the corner, blasting Limp Biscuit, and then rolls up on John Travolta and like stops and like beats the crap out of him again. And he's like, don't you come back around my neighborhood ever again. <laughs> or, and he had a very specific line too, or I'll stick my Remington shotgun up your ass and you'll be, what did he say, eating and shitting or pissing the blood of bullets for, I don't know. It was so stupid. He was shitting like blood and bullets for days. <laughs> like what? Bro, he's dead. <laughs> dead it's a shotgun what are you stupid do you know how fucking science works man and then and then there's and then there's another chalk drawing <laughs> oh is that yeah that's is that the one where it's is that the one where tim like curled up and there's like the blood pool yeah yeah that's the for some reason again there's like there's no reason for it it doesn't fit i was trying to figure i was trying to i gave like i i gave a little bit of effort of thought of like all right what are the chalk drawings for like all right the first one is like it felt like every like act basically or every like break of or major story beat, right? It's like, okay, you got the intro and you're showing this guy in a moped and the movie. And then you have the one in the middle, which I remember what it was of. Then you have this one, which was him, cur- a moose curled up in a, in a, in a ball with blood coming from his head. It's like, okay, a little foreshadowing type of thing maybe. And you wonder like, Oh, what's going to happen now? Yep. The problem is like, they, they, I don't think they did that with the other two and they nope. weren't, it didn't, it didn't, nope. it, didn't it didn't connect. It didn't nope. connect the way maybe he was thinking it would, or maybe that's what his intention was. And then the one at the very end was weird because it was of Leah yep. holding him up like an angel. Yep, for some reason. It makes no fucking sense because she was like, what? No, she's the one who caused all this problem. Like, what? No. And there's another one in between, too. So that's the other thing. So like, and this is, maybe I'm thinking this is like a, some, if you ask, Fred Durst or John Travolta now, they'd probably be like, oh no, it was like uh, some kind of artistic, uh, like this is showing the, like how he's going crazier and crazier as the movie goes on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like this is showing like how he's deteriorating or something like that. And who's, and who's doing them, by the way? Yeah. Who knows? That's the other thing too. Like, it's not... There's no connection. It's not like, you know what I mean? Like if it was something that, I don't know, you could do some connection of like his character maybe is like a weird chalk artist or something, you know, and then like have this weird, you know. Nope, completely unrelated. But then the next couple of scenes are just like that like crazy montage of like uh, him like riding around on a scooter again and then he like, and then he crashes and then you're like, uh, it was literally just straight up a Buster Keaton fucking comedy scene. It's like, He's in his he's in an old 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 timey London cop outfit. Yeah, right on his moped. The thing breaks down randomly. It's like, dude, just stop. Just yeah. you, you're muffled. Whatever, something just blew. Just just stop the bike. But he can't stop. It's like I don't know why you can't. Your brakes work. And yeah. He hits the curb. The way he falls off the bike and on the curb, I was like, this is fucking hilarious. And then that's when he drops his line again. Am I all right? And no one's around. It's like, yeah. I mean, and it seemed pretty traumatic. But he also he'll like react to some things like appropriately and then yeah. things like this, uh, like there was no reaction at all. He was just like, yeah, am I okay? And then he walked away. Yeah. Like, what? what? And then I figure why, what was the breaking? Was it just to show, I mean, what happened after the moped broke down? So after the moped broke down, that's when he goes and meets up with Leah again. Remember? And he's like, he's, and he's, and he's like, uh, Oh yeah. Like, like he, she's like out taking pictures or something like that, and she's like, he's like, yeah, I went back to his house or something like that, and then oh, she's like, he sneaks up on her, right? Like, and, and yeah, he's like, oh, and then she goes, oh, it smells like gasoline, 
uh, and then completely changes the subject. This is when he's like burning the, the vest and like, or he's about to, like you don't know that he's going to do that. Like you're assuming that he might hurt himself or like do something yeah. crazy. Yeah, which by the way is another terrible tie-in to like the whole gasoline scene at the end where he's got him tied up. It's like, yeah. Yeah. it's to build a suspense that we think like, he, that, oh, it's, oh, it's gasoline. He used gasoline earlier. Yeah, yeah, it pours gasoline everywhere. She's like, it smells like gasoline. Also, like, what are you doing for lunch tomorrow? Like, <laughs> What? And then, and that's when she's like, she's like, like, then she starts berating him for being like, you can't like go posting that stuff on social media. Like those are crimes. Like yeah. you can't do that. And he's like, no, like, uh, like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not a, I'm not a bad person. When she, no, it's when she caught a stalker was, that was like the trigger word. Right. Yeah. I'm not a stalker. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a stalker. Uh, I think she says like, oh, you're gonna be a stalker or whatever. And that's when he's like, that's when he freaks out, pushes her. And then just like, I'm blocking you from social media. And I was like, that, that, that's, that's it. That's the big commentary here. Like you. <laughs> the huge punishment. Like you're blocked from my social needs. Yeah. Like, okay. Right. Another chalk drawing. There's what, was one, that one? what was that one of? I can't remember what that. I didn't take notes on that other than saying a third chalk drawing. Why? Um, Oh man, I thought maybe that was the one. Maybe that was the one he was like curled up in the blood pool then, because that was because that leads into the end, and that's when, yeah, he does end up in a basically not really a pool of blood, but yeah. And then the next scene is then when when Devin Sawa wakes up with a mouthful of tissues. Yeah, so they jump from so she she comes to the the apartment. Which, by the way, did you notice his apartment number was letter M? Yes, I did. Yes, M for moose. Obviously, that's what you would. I live in apartment M. Um, <laughs> why would you use numbers so you can not have just a 26? Anyways, uh, <laughs> a lot of rocket actors there. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, that so they do that scene, you know, the social media blocking thing, and then from that point, they cut to all right because they just jump from him freaking out against her, her leaving, and then they jump to Devin Sawa being tied up, right? I think that's why they did the chalk drawing because they're like, mm, we don't have a transition here. Chalk drawing. Chalk drawing. Problem solved. There we go. Yeah. A little foreshadowing. <laughs> Not really, though, but kind of. Yeah. And then he wakes up. He with up yes. Basically, this is where misery starts, right? Where he's just tied up. Yeah. And you're like, first lesson learned, like, never gag someone with tissues because he just like, he's basically like, he wakes up, he's like, Ooh, and he's like, oh, yeah. well, now I can talk again. <laughs> Oh, he just spit out the tissues. Okay, yeah, smart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, like, and they skipped all of the setup of that. Like, I would have loved to watch that part. Like, how did he break, how did he break in again? Again. Uh, at this point, you got to think Devin Sawa's got some kind of security or something, right? Like, I don't know. How did he break in again? Managed to, like, knock him out, tie him up so that he yeah. didn't notice. Like, they, they point out many times that Devin Sawa's got, like, a sleeping pill problem. Um, but also like he also woke up like a couple of times kind of when that happened. Yeah. You're like, okay, how does he, how does he manage this? How does all this happen? And then it's just like, Oh, just kidding. He's tied up in bed. We're and we're here. Yeah. Cause like the logic of like this character you've built that is one terio, terrible stereotype. Uh, but like you built this character who like you has sometimes has some some sense of things and then other times doesn't. So like the logic of like him being able to like pull off like I don't know. I guess maybe maybe we're supposed to think that like him sneaking in the house one time is like oh I guess he's this super spy sneaking around guy. <laughs> yep. 
and him sneaking up on the photographer girl. Like, is that another, like, how do yep. you not know this guy's right behind you? <laughs> All right. So we're like in the last act of this. I don't know what to call it yet, but scene where pretty much it's all building up to like the big payoff hopefully yep. Devin Sawa's character is all tied up right and yep. and Moose is Travolta's character is is I guess torturing him in a weird way yeah, with psychological torture for sure yeah well there's no doubt like he, he <laughs> what's the three things he does one is like Sawa's character like wakens up right he's all tied up he's freaking out and he looks over and he sees Moose on the ground with like blood on the floor. Remember that part? And then he's freaking out. He's like, oh, you idiot, you idiot, blah, 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 you know? And then Moose wakes up because he's just like, see, I can be an actor. I can do this too. Yep. Unbelievable. Good. And then he does, he goes through like a couple things, right? He does that one and he does the, uh, he comes out like Jason Voorhees mask and like coming in with like the knife yep. and stabs him with, it's a fake knife, kind of like a knives out moment, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, then he then he comes in with the, the gas can, which now we've already seen him burn stuff. He burned, this is like, here's a setup payoff thing, right? He burned all of his Dunbar memorabilia stuff he had earlier, right? Yeah, so like, things, you smell like gasoline. <laughs> right. There's been a lot of cues about, you know, gasoline. So here it is. Okay. Oh no, he's going to, he's pouring gas. He starts dumping all on him. And yeah. Devin's how his character's freaking out. And then Moose is like, would you stop freaking out? It's just water. <laughs> so, I don't know the last time you smelled gas, maybe hot gas or whatever, but it's pretty, it's pretty fucking distinct smell. <laughs> like, like the moment it would come out and land on that bed, you would smell gas. Even before then, like just even being in the can and being in the same room, like there's no way. I, I, I agree. Probably you would still, you would still like, it's a fucking potent smell. <laughs> there's reasons why. Gas stations are set up the way. So, yeah. So, that kind of drove me nuts because he's freaking out. It's like, dude, it's poured all over you. Like, how would you, if this was gas, you would know. In a heartbeat. And then, uh, and then, and then the narration comes back. I didn't write down what she said this time because it was so inconsequential, but like, uh, we just yeah. narrating this scene too. You're, you don't remember that? Like, no, no, I do. Cause like, well, right after, well, well, hold on. So, there's, there's a couple moments of, of, of like, <laughs> torture i guess you want to call him. the only torture i felt was he kept talking about ice cream and not having treats for the kid in the house yeah i was like dude just fucking kill me like this is like listen you talk about this is more painful than anything else you could do to me right now like light me on fire please like do something <laughs> yeah um but i forget so does it is does he go into like the fever the fever pitch moment of 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 yeah. i think that's when she's narrating right or is he, did, i think she might even start narrating before that yeah and then like it's be, I think it might even be like before she gets in the house, mate, or before he gets, or when he's in the house, because like that whole line where she says he didn't cross the line, he moved it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like she's not there. Like she doesn't seem to talk to him all that often, and she definitely he hasn't told her anything about what he's been doing. Really, no. like how is she able to narrate these situations? That's and one she know because she's blocked on his social media. So right, exactly, exactly. And then like speaking of. Uh, Moose's fantasies, like he does it a few times where he like thinks about uh, meeting Hunter and line there, and they're they're talking to you know they're yeah. like talking to each other, or Hunter is like saying you know like oh like you're my biggest fan, like happy to sign whatever you want, buddy. Yeah, um, he's, like sneering, 
in, in all of them. And I didn't understand the point of that. I was like, why is Hunter, if this is supposed to be Moose's like grand fantasy of meeting his hero, like why is he already sneering at him? Yeah. Usually if it's your fantasy, you're playing it out the way you want it to be. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And then like, and then that's when it kind of twists out of his own fantasies and into Devin Sawa's like crafting a fantasy and being like, Oh no, like we can be best friends. Like we can, I'll, I'll sign wherever you want for the rest of your life. Like this is my lifetime commitment to you. And he's yeah. like, and he's like, he's like, let's do, let's do a little actor technique. Uh, like it's called visualization. <laughs> and, and he's like, do you know what visualization means? And he's like, no. <laughs> and he's like, to imagine. You know, I expected so much more. Yeah. Like, he, like I, I wanted you to leave a couple of seconds of dead air there because that's what happens in the movie. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. So, imagine. And you're like, oh, okay. If I looked up visualization and the laziest possible definition is for me. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Just imagine for a second. And he's like, strawberry ice cream. And he yeah. keeps strawberry ice cream. <laughs> it doesn't pay off at all, by the way. He never gets strawberry ice cream. Oh, never. They're like, why does he immediately treat him like a child? Like he's been so far treating him like a really threatening adult. And then out of nowhere, he's like caressing him and being like, it's okay, but like, well, I guess he's not caressing him because he's still tied up. But he's yeah. like, it's okay. Like we'll get strawberry ice cream and everything will be fine. Like, you know, this is going to be great. You're going to let me go. We're going to be like best friends for life. He's to like, me, that was the point where he was just like, oh, he's an actor. And he's figured out how to play up to like this guy's nutty and what he wants, right? Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. That's that's what I figured there. I was like, oh, he's an actor, and he's just playing up to the fact that, like, he all right, this guy, he knows what this guy's looking for. Let me just ease up on him so he'll let me go, and I'll just keep playing on his basic, you know, brain here, and then I'm going to get him. I guess this is a better movie than I thought it was. No, 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 I, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. But it was so obvious, and also, it was so obvious, he likes, he, he let, he unties his one arm, right? And they're, they're close, and then he, he, before, like, first of all, his legs are all tied down. And I think if I was in a moment of, like, all right, this, this crazy person's let my one arm out. Okay, let me get my other arm out first before I do something. Yeah. Not, like, let me have one arm out, headbutt you in the face, which, by the way, be, I think is pretty painful even for the headbuttor. Yeah, it's for sure, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it hurts, right? People in my day, for sure. Yeah. I've never been headbutted, nor have I headbutted someone, but I hit my head, and I know no matter what, intentional or not, it fucking hurts. Yep. So he does that, then he gets the gets his other hand loose, and then where do he, remember he pulls a gun in from somewhere. I forget, was it? From behind his headboard, remember? <laughs> he lifts, like, reaches up behind him from yeah. like, behind his headboard, grabs a shotgun. <laughs> He's like, wait. But wait, was it? I don't, was that that was the thing too? I was so confused what that gun was because I don't think it was a shotgun. Because well, it, it was like a hunting rifle. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like it was a very focused aim. Because like, so he pulls that thing out and <laughs> moves on the ground. And then the one moment of like, like, well, second first moment of two crazy moments of violence. He just shoots. He shoots him, but he shoots his fucking fingers off. Yes. So a couple of things on that. One, the VFX person was fi- like finally. My, I can do something in this movie. Uh, and did it, I thought they did a great job. Like the, the blowing off his fingers was like so, I, I mean, I couldn't stop laughing because it was really funny. Yeah. But also 
it looked really good. Like I was like, oh, this is. I know Devin Sauer said this wasn't a fifteen million dollar movie, but I'm pretty sure most of the eight million went right. toward. <laughs> I think I, I would agree. Like it definitely, I think yeah, seven nine 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 went to the effects and the fingers getting blown off, and everything else went to the rest of the movie. Like, um, why, did, why would he only shoot him in the hand if he if they're painting him to be such a huge threat? That is exactly like I was like, why would you just shoot him in the hand? Yeah, literally, he's two feet away from you, and he's the threat. He's tied you up. Like you are perfectly in a, in a position to shoot this guy dead and be like, yeah, I was tied up. Completely inexplicable. There's no reason. <laughs> and then, the fingers off. The fingers are, that whole thing was, was great. It was perfect classic B movie, like finger blood. It was, it was great. I mean, that was probably the best part of the entire movie, actually. That and, the, and, and Moose's shirts are like the best parts of this entire movie. But Good point. The shirts are amazing. Then he pulls out the big, the big knife. Yeah, the, the huge knife that he carefully gouges his eye out with. Well, hold on, we're not there yet. So he uses that, he cuts off, the, you know, gets out of the rope, get the legs. And then, oh, that's right. And then he's got the gun still and he pushes him down the stairs, right? And he yeah. go, rolls down the stairs and he gets him down on the floor. Yeah. And then he, and he shoots one. So I don't know how many rounds are in this gun. I yeah. think it's like a two rounder, but whatever. Yeah. He shoots on either side of his ears, by the way, which would make you pretty much instantly deaf. Yeah. And again, is a good reminder that he di- that he shot off his hand and did like clearly he's an accurate shot because he's shooting next to Moose's head. If he yeah. wanted to actually disable this person or kill them, he could have immediately <laughs> just done it. Yeah, I mean, I think either you and I probably could have within that distance. Like, yeah, I could probably. I'm pretty confident I could hit you. From- <laughs> yeah, and instead he's torturing him. Yeah, like- if the torture's flipped, right? Which I think is he realizes that, but then. So he, all of a sudden he's going to probably shoot him in the head finally, right? And then he's out of ammo. Yep. It's the random three-shot gun. Because, I don't know, odd numbers seem like a, a right amount of numbers to put in a gun. I don't yeah. know. You want to click one of the chamber, you know? I'm not a gun person, I wouldn't say, other than like video games, but I wouldn't, I don't know. Like three-shot thing sounds like someone yeah. forgot a round to put as part of this weapon. But anyways. I'm from New Hampshire. I'm not not a gun person, and you're right. You're spot on here. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then, then it's and then and then he gets he's got the he's still got the knife on him, and then I'm like I was not expecting this, which I was like, oh, okay, this is oddly weird. But he just stabs him in the eye. Yeah. And it's a huge knife. Yeah. And easily could have gone. Like through his, through the back of his skull, probably. Oh, I mean, this thing is a Rambo knife. I mean, this thing was beefy. Like yeah. this is like this is like a ten-inch blade. Uh, yes. Easily could have like just like the easiest thing to do would have been to just stab him through the face. Instead, he like stabs him like just into his eye. Yeah. Like, like there's no other damage done. He's just like oh, just a tip, just a tip. Just seeing, you know how that feels. Just a tip. Again, inexplicable. Like, why? Why are you torturing him? What's the motive? Like, what's other than like he had you tied up in, in your in your own house? Like, why are you doing this? And why didn't Moose do anything to fight back? Like at this point, like he could defended himself a little bit or done. I don't know. There was one. There was one shot, and this is again why I think like it, when you're, you're making a movie, like there every little detail counts, right? And there was one shot where like he was standing over him. 
who's well so remember he falls back and he has this moment of like oh i'm just torturing this guy like this guy did to me he's having a moment of consciousness right like remember he sits back seemingly yeah he's like oh i'm this is what am i what am i doing he starts you know breaking out this is devin Sawa's character right the celebrity the slub utard if you will as they yeah. said earlier in the movie um yeah he has this moment of like you know oh man what am i doing this is a terrible thing i'm doing basically what he was doing to me so he has that moment and then he stands up and there's a shot where it's like you see moose all kind of curled up and he's got his you know hand his fingers whatever chalk drawing basically if you will the guy's standing over and then you see the gun which we know is empty and then there's the big butcher knife like right on the other side of moose i'm like he's gonna grab that knife right and kill him like that's what Yes, there were so many opportunities for some kind of retaliation. Yeah. And, and then, and then, and then Devin Sawa just like opens the front door, like, <laughs> and, and like, the end of that scene. That's what we end up. That's, that's the separation of, of stalker and celebrity is that he gets him a towel, wraps his hand up. He's doing the nice thing, I guess, now after yeah. a moment of clarity and then just opens the door no words are said and he just pushes him out as in like oh. like everything's fine sorry about that bro we're all good though right yeah like doesn't he doesn't like he's not scrambling for a phone to call 911 like you think he any normal person would like yeah there's so it, many yeah there's a, there's so much wrong with that and then then we have a, a, a time a time problem again yeah so yeah. Devin, though, he's, he's a very traumatic moment. He's been tied up. He's been tortured with water, ice yeah. cream stories, you yeah. know. Um, it's he, a little... shot a guy's, he shot a guy's fingers off. Yep. Stabbed a guy in the eye. It's all very, you know. And he's sitting there, and then all of a sudden, I know it kind of cuts back and forth between a few, like some other thing. It cuts back. It cuts to to um, Moose walking down Hollywood Boulevard, back to the beginning, basically, right? Like Hollywood Boulevard. And everyone thinking he's, a, he's in a costume, which was like, why is it two foreigners? And now why are there other subtitles with two foreigners who are like really excited about this guy being in a great costume? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. like, again, another over-the-head like commentary about, about like that. But it's like, what? 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 <laughs> Quick aside before we, before we really wrap up the movie. Uh, the whole time, when I'm, every time I hear Hunter Dunbar, I can only think of Dale Dunbar. Uh, and it made me so frustrated the whole time. Wait, who's Dale Dunbar? I'm definitely like an idiot. Uh, retired uh, hockey defenseman for the Canucks in single game for the Boston Bruins. Uh, oh, shit. I feel like I should know that. I was like, I think like the name was like, I know, I, I kept thinking Heather Dunbar, who was a character on, uh, who, was a, who was the politician uh, character on um, uh, House of Cards. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Dale Dunbar. Dale Dunbar. Nice yep, signed uh, signed with the Bruins. Ended up playing for the uh, Maine Mariners for a couple of seasons, uh, and then got called up for one game in '88, '89. How do you know this? Do <laughs> uh, something to think about, Dale Dunbar. <laughs> Dale Dunbar. I don't like this. Is like a random hockey fact that I feel like I should know as a hockey fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the whole time I'm thinking about Dale Dunbar. <laughs> and I'm thinking Heather Dunbar. I'm like. It's Heather Dunbar. I know Heather Dunbar. And I like looked it up. I was like, oh yeah, she was a character on fucking House of Cards. Yeah. <laughs> Heather and Dale. So so but family yeah. story. So so back to the back to the movie. He's so he's walking down the street 
clutching his hand in his face because he's lost an eye in most of his hand. Yep. Uh, in another, like, um, you know, poor screenwriting of, like, Leah just happens to drive by. Right, like, yeah. Just happens to drive by Hollywood Boulevard at that moment. <laughs> and, like, no, like, he doesn't, like, no, no one explains anything about what happened. Like, why doesn't, like, like then they cut, they cut to him getting into her car. Then they cut to uh, Devin Sawa, Hunter Dunbar, uh, up at his house, getting, like, arrested by the cops. And you're like, wait, yeah. why, why don't you just explain what happened? This seems mostly defensible. Yes, like, a thousand percent. Like, this is, this is a huge problem. So, all right, let's, let's step back a notch here. So, Moose gets moosed out of, out of Dunbar's house, right? Yeah. And you got to figure he's up in the hills there. How does he like that trip from there down to Hollywood Boulevard? Is like that's like he's not he's, his moped we know is broken down. There's no he doesn't have Uber. Yeah, he's wandering the streets for two three hours easily. And like what time? And like it's all and then it's all at the same time in the morning. And all of a sudden he's you know like the, yeah. And then we go back to the house and then there's Dunbar sitting down all of a sudden the door knocks. It's like, wow, this is all perfect timing about everything here. Huh? Holy shit. Leah picks up Moose and then the cops. Who, well, obviously Luis, the greatest gardener ever found the dead body, which by the way, there's been a dead body for, I think a week. <laughs> Fuck. Like this woman that you've had, you clearly had relations with you, and she's just missing you over the last couple of days. You haven't seen her. Yeah, non-factor. No, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I love how in that last scene too, and like the cop, he opens the door. And there's like the cop, and then they pan to Luis. Luis is in there, and he's just like, and the cop looks at him, and Luis just like shakes his head, like, "Yep." It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> It means you're under arrest. You're a bad man. Like you remember that time you yelled at him? Oh yeah. He's like, did he do it? He's like, yeah, he did it. He's like, what? And then, and then I love uh, the the final narration because of course they have to close it with the narrator, Liam, the most important character, yep. right? Uh, and she goes, I love how I quoted this because it's ruthless. Uh, I know, I know. Moose lost his hand in his eye. And then she, like, continues with the rest of the sentence, but you're like, but, but what? Like, that's fucking crazy. Like, you, like, you just said that so casually. Like, I know, I know. Moose lost his hand and his eye. Like, yeah, he's permanently disabled now. <laughs> like, that's, I mean, he was, yeah, he was already having problems, and now he's got even more problems. And it's like, that is terrifying. Like, anyone who lost their fingers... You lost your fingers because a celebrity shot them off and stabbed you and I with a fucking buck knife, like a 10 inch, like, whoop. And she prefaces it with, I know, I know. <laughs> Which is like the very beginning narration. I feel like we should just get all the narration together in like one, and hear it all at one time. Because like at the very beginning, she's like, I think I was, I was just trying to be a friend to him. And at the end, like, I know, I know. We're going to get you some help. Yeah, bring him to a fucking hospital. Like, two. One to fix his fucking eye and his fingers, and then another one to him get some mental health fucking checkups. Like, it's the city of bullshitters. I know, I know. <laughs> Fuck, man. Uh, so we talked about, and then there's like the the two foreigners, which I don't know what language they're speaking, but Spanish, I think, wasn't it? No, no, no. I don't think it was. I don't think it was Spanish, but it was. No, it wasn't Spanish. It was something else. I, I thought. Yeah. It was so. It was so random. It was like. 
I get the commentary, but it's like, again, just a blunt object in your eye, no pun intended there. Um, and then the whole, so this is, I only have like two more notes left here, but then the whole like dead body connection. So the, the movie ends with Dunbar getting arrested and clearly it's, oh, he murdered the, the, the maid. Right. And also, I think like they might be arresting him for what he did to John DeVolta. I don't know. I don't think so. No, I don't think that. I don't think that's at all. I think Luis was like, yeah, I found the dead body. <laughs> I know they've been, you know, yeah. getting it on because there was a very subtle hint of that that they knew because like when he comes down and he talks to the like, hey, it's Raymond, I'm going to leave. And he's like, oh, you know how much I care about blah, blah, blah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Good point. So Luis knew things were going on. And then he's like, yeah, he probably killed her because, you know. Jealous lover. You know. Like, what does it matter? Like, your wife's not with you anymore, so what does it give, who gives a shit? Yeah. Also, yeah. you were the worst murderer ever if you just hit, had someone hit their head on a, 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 plot, a pot and just <laughs> left them in your backyard. <laughs> for, like, for, like, two days, seemingly. <laughs> two, three days. There's no, it's, there's no amount of time. It's unclear, but, like, they showed her, like, rotting corpse. Like, yeah. she Kind of getting a little funky, you can tell. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then that's it. And you're right. The whole movie is solved. Like, you know the guy's got like, – he has to have cameras. What kind of rich person doesn't have cameras? But, you know, so this is this was like an eye-roll moment for me. There was a lot of eye-roll moments in this movie. But so that whole thing of, like, him getting trotted out, right? So now picture this whole thing. Picture who's this, who wrote this. And picture it being a very, like, egotistical, like, uh, I'm, I'm famous and – these are the things I have to deal with. And it's like, yes. And it's fucking terrible. There's definitely stalkers, there's definitely crazy people. There's crazy paparazzi. Like it's crazy. It's, it's a stupid thing and people shouldn't be obsessed. You're just a person, right? Cool. I'll put that aside. But like, I, I think the commentary is definitely with him getting arrested at the end. It's like, he is the celebrity is in this confinement, like in this cage of, you know, God, I know. Maybe I'm giving a little too much credit because I think that's a little smarter than what this fucking movie is. But like, I think like their thought was like, yeah, you know what? Let's have the celebrity get arrested at the end because really he's not like he's not at fault here because he's the one who's getting stalked. But you know what? He really is in a prison of. I will, I would put a dollar on it. But if I said that to, if I interviewed Fred Durst and I said that to him, he'd be like, "That's oh, actually a really good idea." Yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's what we meant to do. <laughs> Yeah, you're giving Fred Durst far too much credit. <laughs> it just seems like just so obvious, but I don't know. Even that is like that good of a premise. <laughs> yeah. And then the very end when it go, when the screen goes black, laugh out loud moment, the last one of the, of the movie, yeah. when John Travolta's character yells out, I am not a stalker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, that's nope, that's how it's going to go. And then it goes to a chalk drawing. Then it's the final chalk drawing. <laughs> the, uh, Leah is an angel holding right. up moose yeah 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 i'm not a stalker then it's the final chalk drawing and then and then 15 minutes of credits that lead with john travolta is moose <laughs> then a film by fred durst because we haven't already seen that 300 times in all the other credits every, i think every five seconds it was like and a film by fred durst oh in case you forgot here's some limp biscuits so you can remember uh this is a film by fred durst <laughs> 
there's gonna be a little bit of self-awareness at that point where you're like you know what maybe i don't want to call too much attention to myself in this one i just want to be like the movie <laughs> you just lean into it and <laughs> really play out fred durst so of the of the like hundred thousand dollars that Redbox gave at the very end to close this out what do you think that went towards you think that went towards just like the final like i don't know I think what it actually went towards is that paying those two foreigners to speak a different language to Moose at the very end. <laughs> I think Devin Sawa actually blew off part of Gentry Gravelt's hand. <laughs> they had to do some reconstructive surgery. <laughs> like Scientology wouldn't cover it, so like <laughs> Redbox had to. Redbox is like, all right, I guess we'll get involved. <laughs> like uh, John Travolta is a national treasure. We got to repair his hand. <laughs> those fingers are like perfectly cut tubes i was like oh man that is that is some that is some awesome perfect b movie b movie effects right there like and well and that's why so yeah let's can we go back to that for one second i know we're wrapping up the movie but that's all right we can we can you know (laughs) but when when i was saying i love the vfx for his hand being blown off that was my mind like it's still like the gun that he was using really acted like a shotgun to me right like, like like a rifle would not cleave his hand perfectly <laughs> no we know there's only there's only one weapon that does that and it's a lightsaber <laughs> cut off all of his fingers yeah, it's just like shoop. yeah like there's like, like four even tubes <laughs> like how do you achieve that with a rifle bullet is incredible <laughs> i think it'd be a little more mangled if anything yes no they were like it wouldn't even be that bad probably and it probably would have been like one finger and the other ones might have been like a little burnt and that would have only been if he was like spot on target of like blowing off one finger one finger yeah if he had like the ring finger on you know the one hand and like okay that's definitely gonna blow out like probably these two and definitely fuck this one up but like yeah and i think that's why in my head it was a shotgun because i was like oh well that kind of would almost make sense like, yeah yeah how I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was like a uh, like a, a double a double shot. You know, two round. What they call? I don't know. Two round shotgun there. Because he said it earlier in the movie. He said, "My Remington shotgun." Oh yeah. So it must have been right. Overall, not as good as Last Days of American Crown. I, I stand by that. I I think I agree with you, but I don't know, man. Like I, I thought we I thought we hit the bottom of the barrel with that one, but. This, this would, may be further down the barrel. Yes, I would gladly sit through another two and a half hours of The Last Days of American Crime if I didn't have to sit through another hour and a half of The Fanatic. This replay value for me for The Last Days of American Crime, like, I, I, I want to show that to people. Like, it was, I know your first comment was like, it's not so bad that I want to like really make fun of it. I disagree. I think it was perfectly bad. This one was like, it, you could tell John Travolta was trying. He put a lot into this role. It meant a lot. Oh, he definitely did. And it's just, it's just a failure on so many levels. You could tell it was his favorite, favorite role. Oh, yeah. He was deep, deep in the role. I, th- I think that would be, yeah, you know what? That, there's certain scenarios. Yeah, like I, I think I would love to be in that conversation, that first meeting, right? Director, lead actor. Talking about, you know, I just want to be there, like, on the side with, like, a beer, listening to Fred Durst and John Travolta talk. Now, imagine what I, the sentence I just said is 
first of all, ridiculous, right? Uh, but two, it happened. Yep. And three, the more ridiculous part of it is according to Devin Sawa, they got along famously. Yeah. <laughs> they were boys. They were like the best of friends on set. They were talking about they were talking about his mullet, the wig that he should be wearing. They're like, oh no, this is the mullet. No, this is this is the one you need to you need the one you need to be wearing in this two minute character that is terrible. <laughs> it's like if New Metal was a movie. <laughs> I was taking a sip of my beer when you said that. Uh, all right, so do we have another segment in the works here? We got to do the bad review review, right? Yeah. Bad Review Reviews uh, is a great segment of the show uh, where we read reviews of people who reviewed the movie we just talked about. Yeah, it's good to remind our listeners, all of them, uh, that uh, exactly what exactly what we're doing in every segment. So do you want to start with yours or? Mine's a five-star review, but it's also uh, satire, but I enjoyed it. And so I thought it was worth sharing with the class bring it so uh, the title of this review amazing five stars amazon yep amazon we're not getting paid by them by the way yeah this is not not a sponsor amazon okay here you go hold on before you start how over the right so (laughs) product details the fanatic um three and a half out of five stars 500 customer ratings 30% 30% were five stars or how much of that percent do you think is like this ironically sarcastic review? I don't think that many. I think this is a rare one. I was looking through them earlier. 37% five stars. That's pretty high. That's huge. Yeah. And I, I mean, this guy, I mean, this guy, even though it's sarcastic, there's, there are elements of truth here. Uh, right, so let it rip, let it rip. Yeah. Uh, this is from the Jackal, our friend the Jackal. If you're out there listening, uh, we love you already. Yeah. So do yourself a favor and treat yourself to the fanatic. A 2019 Fred Durst tour de force, <laughs> which John Travolta plays an English Bobby transplanted to the mean streets of Hollywood. Oh. At night, he's able to relax and be himself, donning his full Bobby regalia and chatting with tourists. But during the day, for reasons that the film curiously never fully explains, he feels compelled to masquerade as a dim-witted movie fanatic, hence the title, named Moose. Unfortunately, the Bobby is not particularly convincing as Moose. The Bobby comes across as far more natural and authentic when he's being himself than he does when he dons his alter ego. Travolta's performance as the Bobby is nothing short of brilliant and is worth the price of admission alone. His portrayal of a Bobby who's terrible actor for whom the viewer is thoroughly embarrassed is truly groundbreaking. You feel so bad for that Bobby. He's done so many great things in the past, but you fear he's now hopelessly out of touch that there's little or no hope for him. A bleak masterpiece. Don't look for any happy endings here. Pip, pip, and cheerio. Enjoy. Oh, like, I gotta, like, yeah, slow clap for that. That's, that is, what a great perspective. Like, yeah. Yeah, you're, I mean, I agree. Uh, as a Bobby, he did seem free. Like there was a lot of practicing in the mirror. There was a lot of talking to himself on the phone, presumably. Um, I mean, I feel like this, there's a lot of, I mean, my, it's this meets uh, that it it could be updated to misery meets Joker, to be honestly. 
Oh yeah. Honestly, because yeah. people say that to be honest, um, adverbally, uh, you know, maybe the fanatic influenced, you know, the Joker, who knows? I, I could see that. I mean, they were definitely shot around the same time. So mental illness covering, you know, he's yeah. a street performer. He's a street performer. You know, maybe there's a, you know, really a commentary on American culture. Yeah. Social media, people obsession with people, you know, they shouldn't yeah. be obsessed with. Yeah. What's that? I'm going to block you. Yeah. That's a good one. That's that's pretty good. So that's yours. You get the five star. I, I went with the one star, the one out of ten on IMDb here. Um, I'm realizing now that <laughs> the subject line of, of this review is actually wrong. It says, uh, Juiz is the worst gardener. He was actually Luis. Yep. Hey, J and L are only one letter. K separates the J and the L. Yeah. So JKL, JKL, it happens. It's not like this person did it in multiple locations. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll read through as if a real person wrote this, but this is one out of 10 stars. This is a, a bad review review here. The real tragedy here is that Juiz, who we know is actually Luis, is the worst gardener on the planet. Did you just keep stepping over the dead maid? If he has a, dedi if he has a dedicated gardener, why did he have a dead plant? One that was apparently important enough at some point to earn a spot in the middle of the yard in a massive pot. That then murders the maid. Which then murders me. Which we discussed as well. One, Luis, not Juice, he left for the day. So we think that maybe he didn't get to that pot. And two, I mean, just the, what is that? The, the metaphor, the, the, the analogy there, the connection of dead plant in a pot and someone dying hitting, like, Come on, that's just that's just beautiful writing right there, right? That's just yeah. you to IMDb user Cassan. <laughs> Cassan. Uh yeah. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, or Cashan. Yeah. Uh, I like that review a lot. That's good. Those are both good. Those are solid. I think um we're all thinking, you know? I think they we they should be fans of our show. How do we end this show? How do we end the episode? We never really ended well. <laughs> it's just been kind of like a, a long amble ramble through the forest a long con as they say yeah i think we usually say and that's all folks follow us on the internet and that's all that we have to say about that 